Grace, mercy, and peace to you from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. There is a story about my twin brother and I growing up. And for those who don't know, yes, I do have a twin brother, and we're fraternal. We don't look exactly the same. But there's, the story goes something like this. When we were two or three years old, uh, we wanted some cookies. The problem was the cookie jar was on the top of the fridge. Now, in our ingenuity, we decided to move over a chair so my brother could climb up on the chair, onto the counter, onto the microwave, up to the fridge to get the cookies. My job in the great cookie heist of 1985 was to be the lookout. I had to keep an eye out for the law named Mom. And we might have gotten away with it. But Mom showed up, and she quotes me as saying, Mama, 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 announcing her coming to my brother, who she found holding two cookies for us, one in each hand. So as you probably could have guessed, we got busted. Now, as heartwarming as the story might be, my announcing the coming of another, in this case, my mother, isn't quite the same as we hear in our gospel lesson. In fact, it's, it's quite the opposite. Where my brother and I feared my mom coming to catch us in the act, the crowd with Jesus was actually excited that he was coming. Try to picture it. A large multitude of people. Jesus' disciples rejoicing, celebrating as they began to praise God with a great voice. In other words, they were shouting. The cacophony of sound, the large group, people laying down blankets and overcoats for the donkey to, ride, to walk on the Jesus road. And they are shouting, blessed is the king who comes in the name of the Lord. At least that's how the English Standard Version translates it. But when we dig into the, the original Greek a little bit, we can actually find a little bit deeper meaning. And I'm looking specifically at uh, verse 38 here. And I uh, wrote out the Greek for you. Who, who, whoever knows Greek, it's up there. But uh, if you, you can't quite read it, uh, I've, I've uh, done a little trick here. So the first uh, word is just to call out or to speak, to tell, to shout. But then there is eulogemenos, ho erkomenos. And if you look at the red, the, um, that's men, 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 men. That's similar to putting an ing on a word. So like the running, jumping athlete, okay? So it's just like turning it into a participle. And then you see here, there's a little o with a like, Backwards comma above it, and that's on ho er commonos uh, ho basileos, which means the coming one, the king. And so we actually see here with the with the adding of the the little green box here, the the ho, that's a definite article. That's the word the. And so we've got the coming one. Instead of one who comes in the name of the Lord, we've got the coming one, the king. And so we've got here actually a messianic title. Not just describing how somebody is traveling. It's much more than, hey, look, he's coming down the road. Now, in English, our word order matters a lot. But in, in Greek, you can put any word in any order because they use the endings like we see here. And so, by putting the endings on, we can see, and the definite article, we can see here that they're announcing 
his coming as one who is to come. This coming one is actually in reference to the title uh, when John the Baptist asked if, John, uh, if Jesus was the one. Remember back in Luke 7, 18 through 23, uh, John sends some guys, that asked Jesus, hey, are you the guy we've been waiting for? And yes, Jesus is the guy. He is the coming one. And come he did. Now the Friday before Palm Sunday, Jesus was just raising Lazarus from the dead. And this is basically the last big event before Holy Week. And this was done in the town of Bethany after being in Jericho. Now that's a 17-mile walk, uphill, in the snow, both ways. (laughs) I'm kidding. But it is 17 miles, and it is uphill. And so uh, as he's getting to Jerusalem then, he sends his disciples out to get a donkey to ride on. But why, why a donkey? Go, there it goes. Why a donkey? What's the significance there? Why is this an important detail? Well, we heard in our Old Testament reading that there was a prediction recorded back in the book of Zechariah some 550 years earlier. And do you notice the inherent tension in this? Here we have a king. Sure, he's named king of the Jews. But Jesus is actually the king of kings. He is as high royalty as it gets, deserving of our worship and adoration. Yet look at what he's riding. A donkey. That's kind of like the uh, Queen of England heading over to her coronation, borrowing my first car, a 1994 Geo Metro. <laughs> Please don't make fun of me. It's a ride that represents humility. And it's in this tension that Jesus is the most Jesus he can be. Yes, he is the King of kings and Lord of lords, God incarnate. But it is where he is ultimately crowned king that is the focus of his humiliation and shame, which is on the cross. Jesus came as king, and he died as king, both in regal glory and in humble shame at exactly the same moment. The king comes to receive his kingship by means of the cross. But the big question, how do we know? Well, John was answered that question by the miracles and the signs that Jesus was doing. He was healing the sick. He was giving sight to the blind, opening the ears of the deaf, and raising the dead. But in case there was any more wondering, Jesus fulfills the tiny little detail of riding into Jerusalem on a donkey. And this is in comparison to the other thing he could have rodent in on, which is a horse, a war horse. The donkey is also a sign of peace. And it's that peace that's another important factor, feature that we see here, specifically unique to Luke's account of the final entrance of Jesus into Jerusalem. Again, this is found in verse uh, 38. They cry out, in heaven, peace and glory in the highest. Does that sound familiar? It echoes back to what was said in the glory at Excelsis, the, the glory in the highest that was said in Luke 2, when the uh, angels uh, cry out, peace in heaven. Oops, sorry, that's wrong. Peace on earth. The angels cry out, peace on earth. 
But here in Luke, in Luke 19, we have human messengers sharing the news of who Jesus is. And they shout and they proclaim the good news of Jesus who comes to save his people. Jesus just comes in a way that they don't expect. But then we see also in Luke 2, the angels cry out at Jesus' birth, glory to God in the highest and on earth peace among those with whom he is pleased. Versus Luke 19, peace in heaven and glory in the highest. So one's got earth, one's got heaven. And the takeaway here is that in Jesus, in his carnation, when Jesus comes from heaven to earth in bodily form, earth and heaven are joined in a very powerful way. And the relationship between God and man is changed forever. And so now we've covered the who, the what, the where, but we haven't really touched on the why. Why did Jesus have to come in the first place? Why are we waiting for his arrival? And to answer that question, we have to look deep inside of ourselves. And when we look deep inside of ourselves, we will see that he came because he needed to come. We will see that, he, that we are the kind of people who hurt one another, who have the capacity to be ugly to one another, to be selfish, to be unkind. That's the kind of person Jesus came to save. He came to earth as a baby. He came willingly into Jerusalem knowing full well what would happen, that, would he, be, that he would be hoisted up on the cross after being beaten, spit on, laughed at, and punched. He came to die so that we can be saved when he grants to us the forgiveness of sins that we so desperately need. During the season of Advent, we'll hear of other ways that he comes to us, but now let us continue to prepare for the season of Christmas, celebrating the fact that our God came to us. Let's pray. Lord God, Heavenly Father, we await your coming, the coming of you humble in the manger, but we also look to your coming to Jerusalem to die on the cross. God, you came to us, and you continue to come to us. Help us to know that and live our lives accordingly. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.